We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Are you a broken vessel, weighted down with discouragement, illness, or perhaps a disability? Well, take heart. Whatever your burden may be, God offers treasures that will transform your life. Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. And here are your hosts, Paul and Tabitha Norris. How many of you remember Saturday Night Live? Back in the good old days when it was actually funny, one episode had a skit with Steve Martin and special guest host Carol King. It was based on one of Carol's more popular songs, You've Got a Friend. In the sketch, Steve Martin walks his date, Carol King, back home. He has to come in. But Carol says she's busy trying to finish a song and doesn't have any more time. Carol goes inside and takes place at the piano. Meanwhile, out of nowhere, a couple of guys run up and attack Steve Martin, beating him and leaving him for dead. Carol, Carol, Steve Martin yells out. Carol begins playing and singing her chorus and can't hear Steve's cries for help. You just call out my name, she sings. Carol, Carol, Steve continues to cry for help. And you know where I am. I'll come running to see you again, Carol plays on. At the last, the narrator concludes the bit by saying, Carol was so moved by the tragedy of her friend that she wrote her next hit. It's too late, baby. (laughs) Few things enrich our lives like friends. Good friends. To have someone who you can ask anything and who can ask anything of you. Someone who really understands you provides such encouragement and joy to life. God has gifted both of us with loyal friends. And we can easily attest to numerous ways caring neighbors and godly friends have impacted our lives. Since our move to Idaho just a few months ago, we've been truly humbled at the people God has put around us. I could tell you about the incredible neighbors who saw my need for help with plowing snow, voluntarily showed up to work alongside me, and quickly became friends. I could talk about our loving church family who became aware of a state law that negatively affects spousal caregivers and offered to start up a petition on our behalf. Our friends around the globe who regularly check in with a text or a phone call to see if we're doing well. The taste of Christian love and care that we've received is truly a bit of heaven on earth. When the Lord brings a special friend into our lives who showers us with such love, it should draw our hearts to thank him for the dearest friend of all, Jesus. It should also stir up within us the desire to be a friend. Let's face it, though. Good, solid friendships are not always easy to maintain. If any of you are like me, sometimes filled with dread because I often fall short of being the friend God wants me to be, the good news is God's word has the answer. The Bible is full of friendships between Jesus and those who love and obey him and between people themselves. Proverbs as well gives us a lot of wisdom for navigating through the complexities of relationships, friendships in particular. By looking at these passages and relationships in the Bible, we can learn how to be a Christ-honoring, true blue friend. Proverbs 17.17 teaches us friends love at all times, and Proverbs 27.10 commands us 
Do not forsake your friend. One key to friendship is loyalty. Have you ever noticed that adversity is often a litmus test for friendship? Like Steve Martin, we've probably all encountered people who stick around only for the good times and disappear when there's a challenge. Many of us step into friendships for the benefits we'll receive, but biblical friendship is more like a covenant. The story of Naomi and her daughter-in-law, Ruth, is one of friendship forged in an unlikely way. It is an account that begins with overwhelming grief and loss. And yet, as we focus on the characters, we see them demonstrate qualities we'd be wise to practice. As we open the book of Ruth, we read Naomi and her family have left their country of Israel because of severe famine and begun to build a life in Moab. The Moabites trace their roots back to Lot. However, because the Moabites refused to give the Israelites food and water during the journey out of Egypt, it was determined that no Moabite could be admitted into the assembly of the Lord. Generations later, hard feelings between Israel and the Moabites remain. But you know the saying, beggars can't be choosers? Regardless of tensions, Naomi and her family chose to land in Moab. And their situation grows worse. Naomi's husband, Elimelech, dies. And following his death ten years later are the deaths of her two sons. Adding insult to injury, neither of her sons has left any children. Naomi has no means of survival and no hopes for a family to continue into the future. She is ready to return to her home in Bethlehem, lonely and bitter, and advises her daughters-in-law to return to their own homes. While Naomi has experienced great loss and affliction, she does not return totally empty. She has an enormous blessing. A fiercely loyal daughter-in-law refuses to leave Naomi alone. Perhaps some of you have had the privilege of hosting a foreign exchange student or spent time on a mission field and have a little understanding of what it's like to have no family. One of the blessings of the church is having Christian family around us to support and encourage. Whether times are good or bad, May we never isolate ourselves from God's people. It's never been easier to stay connected. Social media, FaceTime, email. So have you ever wondered why so many feel lonely? Ideally, it's wonderful to be physically present for a friend who's hurting, to walk beside them throughout his or her journey. But while it isn't always possible to be physically present, there are other ways to be there. Remember the little faithful and constant gestures that make big differences? Learn about the friends around you, whether those are your neighbors or individuals from work or church. Schedule phone chats or set up coffee dates. Invite someone over while you're working in the garden simply to enjoy time together. Be loyal. Help them feel and know God has not and will not abandon them. While she could have taken Naomi's suggestion to return to Moab and live happily ever after, Ruth instead makes the life-changing sacrificial choice not to neglect her mother-in-law. She vows to remain constant through the hardships. Where you go, Ruth says, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. It's obvious Naomi and Ruth love each other, even while they've come from different backgrounds and faith. That love drives Ruth to accept Naomi's life, to move to a new country where her people are looked down upon. She doesn't yet know what lies ahead, but she isn't fickle. 
by her genuine love and acceptance of the Jewish people, she later becomes one of the greatest women in Jewish history. Ruth is the epitome of a loyal and accepting friend. Acceptance is frequently misunderstood to include tolerance of things that are wrong. But it isn't about compromising standards. It's about letting go of futile struggles on things that cannot be changed. Acceptance strengthens friendships because we know we're loved as we are. Our Heavenly Father accepts us based on only one thing, our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. We have peace with Him, not because we're perfect in nature, but because He is, and His love and acceptance will never cease. One more key to friendship is empathy. While Ruth knew, as well as Naomi, the pain of losing a spouse, she and Naomi have little in common. Ruth is a Moabite, a foreigner to Israel. She comes from a different culture and speaks another language. Aren't you glad their friendship gives them a bond that enables them to rise above their differences? Ruth empathizes with Naomi and commits to love and serve her mother-in-law. For those of you who follow our Broken Vessels Hidden Treasures ministry, you know we have a special place in our hearts for families with disabilities, and we often encourage you, our audience, to be empathetic with them. Empathy does not mean pity. In an article by Hope Network Ministries, empathy is defined as a perspective, a decision, and a skill to reach outside of yourself to connect with someone else. Empathy is often grown out of mutuality. The more different someone's experience is from our own, the more challenging empathy becomes. How do you empathize with a person who has schizophrenia? Or how do you empathize with an individual who is in a wheelchair or battling chronic illness? I once was in a church where a suggestion was made that some pews near the front be replaced with individual chairs, especially for the sake of accommodating wheelchair users. One person defended the pews. If they want to sit in front, they can sit in the aisle, was their response, or move to the back. We should pause to consider what if the person using a wheelchair enjoys sitting near the front and doesn't want to sit in the aisle alone. I don't believe this person fighting to keep the pews lacked compassion, but perhaps some empathy. Another example of empathy. I want to participate in the ladies' Bible study each month. Our church needs to make sure that Katie, who has chronic fatigue, is welcome to come. Even if she's unable to make it at times, we will make sure she continues to be invited. We'll deliver the Bible study notes to her when she's absent. It's been said exercising imagination helps grow empathy. For example, I wonder how I'd feel if I had a degree in business, but no one would hire me because of a disability. Proverb tells us not to withhold good when it is within our power to do so. Ruth is able to em empathetically comfort Naomi in a powerful and unique way. Her actions go far beyond emotions to the point that she determines to serve her for the rest of her days, enduring whatever Naomi endures. The story of Ruth is one that flows with unwavering loyalty, sacrifice, acceptance, and empathy. As we conclude this short and beautiful book of the Bible, we see the story moves upward. God meets the physical needs of Naomi and Ruth, and even works in a special way to give Ruth a godly husband, allowing her to become part of the lineage 
of Jesus Christ. If you want to look at role models that exemplify God-honoring friendships, Ruth's life is a testament to that. Are your friendships a testament of God's love? Just as God used Ruth to take care of Naomi, He can use you, too. We all face challenges and trials, fall short, make mistakes, and feel discouraged. We're all in need of loyal, accepting, empathetic Christian friends. How much better would our friendships be if we live up to and emulate Ruth's example? Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at bvhtministries.org.